A number of years back when my sons were small, about kindergarten age or so, kind of going pretty far back, we decided one Easter morning that we were just going to, or one Easter, that we were going to have a fantastic Easter morning, which I want to share with you as a, in a, as a pastor's family, that's not the easiest thing to do because, you know, dad or mom's always rushing out the door on Easter morning to, to uh, get to the church. And so having a, a, a great Easter morning is, is not the easiest thing, but we thought, we, we're, we're going to do this. Our kids are at the age where we're going to make this happen. So what we did was the Saturday before Easter morning, we, we uh, went out that Saturday, we bought a couple dozen eggs, and we sat down with our kids on that Saturday afternoon. We spent a lot of that afternoon dyeing the eggs, and you know, all different colors, and then we decorated the eggs in all different kinds of ways. I mean, we were really creative, and it was great, and, and we told the kids, I mean, we have all these eggs, and what's going to happen is you're going to go to bed, and when you go to bed, the Easter Bunny is going to come. And when the Easter Bunny comes, what the Easter Bunny, the Easter Bunny hides all the eggs. And he hides all the eggs, or she hides all the eggs, you know, in, in ways that when you get up in the morning, you can have this great Easter egg hunt. It's going to be fantastic, you know. The, the Easter Bunny hides the eggs, you know, so carefully that they're really hard to find. And uh, so, you know, we kind of built it up big because, you know, I had to build it up big if they're going to have a big time, you know. So we built it up big and... and um, so the boys went to bed, and, and uh, we went out. We hid the eggs. I mean, we did a great job. We stuck them in the hedges. We stuck them in the monkey grass. We stuck them in the crook of the tree. We stuck them in the bumper of the car. Oh, we put eggs everywhere. You know, we thought, this is going to be so great. It's going to take them so long to find all these eggs. So we go to bed, and that night... I mean, it just poured that night. I mean, the rain came down. It, it just, oh my gosh! We thought this is just, this is not, this was not, this was not part of the plan, you know, uh, not part of the great Easter day. Uh, so it poured that night, and when it poured that night, you know, the next morning, fortunately, the next morning, the sun, it was a brilliant morning. I mean, the sun was out, you know, and the skies were blue, and it, it, it was a perfect Easter morning. This is great. This is just what we hoped for. So we get, the, we get the guys, and we get their Easter baskets, and we go out the door to hunt these Easter eggs. And what happened when we went out to hunt those eggs? That rain had washed every bit of dye off of every one of those eggs. <laughs> And so we went out there, and then, you know, you got a, a wet, you know, here's that egg, and it's wet, and so the sun's shining on it. It's like somebody turned on a bunch of flashlights, you know? I mean, there's white here, and white, you know, white, 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 when you go out, you know, looking in the hedge over there. It took them all of 30 seconds to find all those eggs, you know, because the eggs are just popping out everywhere. I mean, it's like the signs of Easter, like, they were everywhere. The signs of Easter, they're everywhere. That's what Jesus says in the scripture this morning. He says there are many other signs. There are many other signs that Jesus does in the presence of the disciples, in the presence of the disciples in his day, in the presence of us as his disciples in this day. There are many other signs that Jesus does, that Jesus did, that Jesus does that we might have faith, that we might believe, and that by believing we may have life in his name. Now, what is, uh, when I talk about Easter signs, or the signs that the scripture refers to, uh, a sign of the resurrection from a biblical perspective, I mean, well, what is that? 
Because I know what a sign is in normal life, and you know what a sign is in just regular life. You know, you're driving down the highway, you, you see the, the big green sign, and you're Dallas, five miles ahead, you know. Or what you're doing is you see there's a, a blue sign with an H on it, and you know, well, there's a hospital out there someplace. I don't exactly know where it is, but, but I know if I follow that arrow, I'll get to the hospital. Or one of the signs I like to watch out for as I'm driving down the road is kind of a, a white circle with a big uh, orange W in the middle of it. You know, I don't know if anybody else here is a Whataburger person, but I mean, I like, I like looking for that sign. I keep my eyes open for a sign. Because here's what a sign does for us. Here's how signs function in our lives. You know, there are desired destinations that we have in life. And, you know, as we journey through life or your journey down the road, you, you, you can't see that destination. You know, if you see a sign that says Dallas five miles away or 10 miles away, you can't see Dallas yet, but you know that if you keep on going, you are going to see it. You are going to get there. I mean, what the sign does, it, it, it directs us and it gives us encouragement to keep on going. Because if you keep on going, you will reach the desired destination, whether it be Dallas or be the hospital, whether it be Whataburger. You know, that, that's what a sign does for us. You see it and you know that when you see it, what you're hoping for, it is out ahead. And as people of faith, we have a desired destination. We do have a desired destination. Jesus called it the kingdom. And the kingdom is not simply about what's out in the great beyond. We call that heaven. What the kingdom is about is when heaven starts to come to earth. That's what the kingdom is about. That's what we pray for. You and I pray for the kingdom every week. Father, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. And your will be done right here, right now, on earth, as it is in heaven. That is the desired destination. The kingdom. And what a biblical sign is. Well, let me back up just a little bit. What happens is we pray for heaven, but then you look out in the world and you mean you don't see heaven. <laughs> That's for sure. You look out in the world and you see just about anything but heaven. You, you, know, you see all the brokenness and got all the mess and all the struggle. And you look at you, you see all of that. And, and, you, and, and as you look at that, you see that. And at the same time, what you also see, if you look carefully and closely and you watch, is that there are places in our world where heaven does break through. There are places, there are times, there are moments where there are acts of justice and righteousness, where words of peace are lifted up, where people do live out expressions of love. And what you begin to see is you begin to see breakthrough points. And as you see breakthrough points, what the scripture is saying is you need to understand those moments for what they are. They're signs. They point beyond themselves. They point to the desire that we all have in our hearts and, and our lives for the ways that we want the world to be. And not only for the ways that you and I want the world to be, for the ways that God wants the world to be in Jesus Christ. And that's a biblical sign. That's a sign of Easter. 
that the whole notions of life and the whole notions of love and the whole notions of righteousness and the whole notions of justice and the whole notions of peace that we all long for and that God longs for, they're making breakthroughs. Those realities are making breakthroughs. Those are signs. Now, of course, whenever you talk like that, there are always people that kind of look at that kind of talk and they just say, oh, I'm not quite sure about all that. You know, they, they kind of doubt all of that. You just not, you know, maybe you say they're uh, uh, skeptical at best or, or cynical at worst. You know, it's kind of the world is what it is. It's never going to be different than it is. And, and so you're just going to kind of, that's, that's how life is, you know. And, and so you have people that, that always doubt. In the scripture this morning, we have exhibit A, you know. Whenever you talk about Thomas, Thomas is exhibit A in terms of doubt, in terms of, you know, kind of hearing the, the news that, that, you know, resurrection and, and life and love rise up and that that's the way the directions of things are going. And Thomas responds to that. And, you know, he, I mean, he knows how life is. And so what he does, he says, you know, unless I see the prints of nails in his side, unless I put my finger print of the nails in his hands and I put my finger there and unless I place see the gash in his side and put my hand in there he says I'm just not going to believe I mean what happens is he receives the, the news about the signs and he just says you know I mean sounds great but I'm, I'm not not sure. I, you know, I do have to give Thomas a little bit of credit. He does leave the door open a crack. You know, when you, when you use the word unless, what, what he's done, he hasn't shut the whole possibility down. What he's done is he just opened, left the door open a crack and raised the, the burden of proof, uh, the bar of proof so high. You know, unless I do this and this and this and this and this, you know, I won't believe. But, you know, he has opened up the door a little bit for God to, to go to work in his life. You know? And I, I love that, you know, because, um, you know, I look at Thomas and I say, you know, the reason that Thomas is, is in the Bible, I think, and the reason that preachers, you, you may notice uh, when you come to church, uh, particularly you come to church in the weeks after Easter, some preachers always going to preach about Thomas on the weeks after Easter. Doubting Thomas is always like the second or first or second week after Easter is because so often what happens when you begin to talk about resurrection and Jesus coming back to life and, you know, you know all that beautiful, wonderful grace of God that's rising up, the common response to that is doubt. I want to let you know when you, when you read through the scriptures and you, you read in the gospel of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and, and the women came back from the tomb and they brought the good news that you know, he is risen, he is alive. You know what the response they got? All the disciples that were with him throughout all this ministry, it says they doubted. <laughs> that, that was the response. And so that's kind of a response that you have when you hear about, you know, notions of re resurrection and signs. Uh, and if doubt is what kind of rises up and crops up in your mind, hey, I would just want to tell you, you're in good company, you know. That is not an unusual place to be. I think that's why the Bible talks about doubt in this, this particular scripture and, and in other scriptures as well. It's not unusual. It's part of the journey of faith. And I think that's what is happening in the scripture this morning. It doesn't put us outside of the journey of faith. It's, it's, it can be part of what happens in the journey of faith. There's a couple of things that I really uh, 
appreciate about Thomas and the expression of doubt as it's brought forward in the Gospel of John. And one of the things I really appreciate is this, that even though Thomas had doubt, he didn't use his doubt to opt out. You know, he didn't use his doubts to say, well, I'm not, I don't believe, and so I'm just going to step out of the journey of faith or step out of the possibilities of resurrection or step out of the whole notion that God could be breaking through at these different points. I'm, I'm still going to be open to that. He didn't opt out. What it says in the scriptures is he stayed in community. He stayed in fellowship. He stayed connected. You know, it was a week later he was with the disciples, or he wasn't with the disciples on Easter Day. A week later he's still eating with them and talking with them and fellowship with them. And so he stayed with the fellowship. I think that's a great lesson for us to, to look at. Because sometimes when we have our doubts, what's important is we just stay connected. Just stay with the community. Stay in the fellowship. And, and as we stay in the fellowship, what will happen is the faith of those around us, it helps to strengthen us. It, it just does. And so I just appreciate that even though he had doubt, he didn't opt out. I really appreciate that part of what happened with Thomas when you look at his, how he experienced his faith is that he was one who wanted to experience his faith in his own time and on his own terms, and in God's times, and in God's terms. You know, for him, the whole notion of the resurrection happened a week after everybody else, and for him, the whole notion, it says the other disciples, they saw Jesus, and they were filled with joy. Well, for Thomas, when he saw the risen Christ, he was filled with an exclamation point where he said, my Lord and my God, and it says exclamation point at the end of that. I mean, that was the place that he was taken to. See, his experience of faith was on his own time and in his own terms. And what I appreciate about that is so often when you hear people talk about faith, it's, it's kind of like, uh, well, if you just kind of read this book or follow out this pamphlet or do this or that and these five steps, you know, you're going to have this experience of faith and your experience of faith is going to be like my experience of faith. And I'm thinking, well, not, not in the Bible I read, <laughs> you know. I think what begins to happen is God works with each of us in our own unique and individual ways to lead us into those places where we begin to see how God's kingdom is breaking into and through our lives. And so what Thomas invites us to do is embrace that, that God works in God's time and in your time and in God's terms and in your terms, in your life, in God's way, and in your way. I think it's beautiful. It's a, it's a gift. And the third thing I appreciate about Thomas is that what happens as you look at the scripture this morning is that... Um, it, there's a life lesson here. And the life lesson that is brought forward is Jesus says to Thomas, do you believe because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they believe. And what's being kind of brought forward in, in that particular life lesson is that sometimes the way people come into faith is they have a really dramatic uh, spiritual experience. And as they have this dramatic spiritual experience, what happens is that leads them into a, a place of believing, into a place of faith, into a place saying God is, is real and God is now, and, and, I, and, and I can buy into that because I've experienced that. And that is the way it is for some folks. And I celebrate that, and the scripture celebrates that. I mean, that, that's real, and that's good, it's beautiful. But Jesus says there's this path as well. And this is a path that 
I kind of resonate with personally and that I know that a number of folks who grew up in the life of the church may resonate with and it's, it's that path and Diane you brought it forward well is that what happens is people of faith we come and we're taught the truths of the scripture we go to you know, Sunday school or church and we're, we're taught the truths and what we do is we believe those truths and as we believe those truths, as we have that faith, we begin to, to live into those truths. And as we live into those truths, we begin to see how they are real and how they are a blessing and, and how they do shape life. And so what happens is you believe and then you see. You know, we hear the truths like Jesus came as a servant leader and then you live into servant leader, being a servant leader and you find out the blessing it brings. We hear the truths about forgiveness freeze, and you, you try forgiveness, and you do find out how it frees, you know. We hear that sacrificial love is the most beautiful gift anyone can give, and we teach that. And then you live that, and you find out the power of that truth. Jesus says, blessed are those who believe, because as they believe and they live into it, they begin to see. And so what's being brought forward is a way of faith a way that we live into faith. And the scripture doesn't stop there because it takes one more step. And I want to take one more step with us today because Jesus says this. It's not simply that we believe and that we see. Jesus said in the very last verse says that the signs are written, the signs come that we may believe and that by believing we begin to have life in Jesus' name. In believing what we decide to do, we just decide to live life in Jesus' name, not simply so that you believe and then you see, but that you believe and you behave. You believe and you come to be. What begins to happen is that you understand that you want to be the sign that you want to see. You be the sign that you want to see. You begin to live life in his name because we believe that that is how life should be. And so we begin to live it out. It's not simply that Jesus comes to us, to you, that Jesus comes through us, through you. I want to tell you, friends, that's a powerful way to understand what it means to be a sign. Jesus coming through you. We experienced that in a very historical way this past week. As we remembered Dr. Martin Luther King, we remembered 50 years ago, we remembered his death. As we remembered his death, we, we remember we celebrate his life. And what we remember about Dr. King is we remember his vision. Remember the vision that he had of what it meant to have the kingdom on earth and what that meant was to bring people all together in a way that there was a unity, in a way that there was a harmony, in a way that there was righteousness, in a way that there was justice, in a way that we overcame barriers, in a way that we overcame the evils of racism. He had this dream. And he was a man who knew that that was the kingdom was all about and he brought that forward. Not simply looking for how the signs of that kingdom were going to come into our society. He was the sign that he wanted to see. Be the sign you want to see. And that's the way he lived. 
He lived life in Jesus' name. And as he lived life in Jesus' name, I think that's what really began to draw people to him was that powerful vision that he had that is rooted in the Bible. I mean, they showed clips of his last speech, you know, where he talks about, um, about the mountaintop and about he's not sure he's going to be able to go on to the promised land. And for those of you who have, you know, saw those clips and saw that speech, that is, that is drawn directly from the Bible, directly from Moses, Mount Nebo, looking out over the promised land. I mean, he's taken, Dr. King has taken that, that image of the kingdom from the scripture and holding it out. And so he lived that image, and he lived it in ways that we, you know, we saw how it got played out in an organization, in protests, in prison, in marches, you know, all, all the way across. We, we saw what it meant to be the sign that he wanted to see. But then we also saw what came out of that. We also saw how justice began to came out of that. We saw what that meant for voting rights. And we saw that what that meant for schools. And we saw what that meant for water fountains. And we saw that what that meant for buses. And we saw what that meant for, for our society. You see, sometimes when people, are, you be the sign you want to see, you begin to see the signs, how other signs begin to come forward. And that's a historical picture on that. But I want to tell you, it happens in a local picture too. I know just, just yesterday, for people that, that believe that family should have a good home, there was a bunch of folks who not only believed that, but they grabbed a hammer and they grabbed a, a drill and saw and went over a Habitat for Humanity started yesterday. And uh, if you're interested in that being part of that, if that's part of a vision that you have for how what should be for families, you know, talk to me afterward. I'll connect you with Bill Boyer, and he, he can kind of make sure you get in the right place in terms of being the sign you want to see. It's not simply about working in the community. It's about in your home, too. It's about in your family, too. It's about in the circle of friends you have, too. You see, sometimes we know what we want to see in terms of the kingdom, in terms of love, in terms of forgiveness, in terms of whatever it is on your heart that you want to have for your home and your family. Here's what I'm encouraging you to do, is you step forward. And in those places with those people in your lives where you think, you know, the kingdom needs to come in particular ways, you be the sign you want to see. You be the sign you want to see. I want to tell you, uh, Easter, er, early on in the life of the church, here's what used to happen on Easter morning. They would take the people who were new converts to Jesus, who, who just, just had begun to believe in Jesus, and they would dress them up in white robes, as they dressed them up in right robes, they would take them out to the river, and when they took them out to the river, they would baptize them. And so there was a baptism by immersion. They would just kind of dunk, dunk the folks, you know. And, and uh, so I just pictured that morning, and people kind of lined up on the bank, and other people going into the river, and then and people being baptized, and going under the water in that white robe, and then coming out of the water in that white robe. And how the sun shines down, and you know how when you get the white robe and water and sun shining, it starts to glisten. I, I picture that in my mind, and I picture it happening for one person, and then the next, and then the next, and then a dozen, and then 20. And I, I, I look at that, I think about that picture, and I think, oh, here's something glistening white here, something glistening white here, glistening white here, glistening white here, glistening white here. And I, I look, I say, man, there's signs of Easter all around. Signs of Easter all around. 
and the people who have been baptized in Jesus' name. I want to tell you, friends, I look out on all of us. All of us good folks. We're baptized. You and I are baptized. That grace of God flows over your life. Not only in that moment when you're at that font, it flows over your life in every moment of life. Every moment of your life. And I look out on that and I say, you know, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Because what it does is it invites us. It invites us to have a dream, a vision, a desired destination. It invites us to have faith. Faith that knows that, yes, there are sometimes we're going to have moments of doubt. But you know what? The journey keeps on. Just because we're down, we're not going to opt out. You know, We're going to keep on going forward. And as we keep on going forward, we are going to be the signs we want to see. And as you and I are the signs we want to see, what will happen is the, strip, the scripture starts to come true. Or continues, not starts. It continues to come true. <laughs> That through you and through me, Jesus, Jesus brings out many signs, many signs of the kingdom of God in the life of the world. My friends, you are the sign of Easter. You are the sign of Easter.